Welcome to the Sidelines Podcast. I'm Tony Schultz. And I'm Kyle Kasky. We've devoted a majority of our adult lives to working in the area of athletics. We're now on a journey to tell the story of those who've committed their lives to sports and coaching or mentoring others. We're here to shed some light on the side of sports that you never get to see. The family life, the sacrifices, and the behind the scenes good stuff that you may never have known. From two people who have spent over 31 combined years in the field. Welcome to the sidelines. The Sidelines Podcast is here and better than ever alongside my co-host Kyle Kasky. I'm Tony Schultz. Kyle, we are halfway, man. We are at the mid-season episode. This has just flown by and it's been a blast doing this with you. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that every week we, uh, you know, get in, get into what we're talking about and it just kind of flows and the next thing you know, it's like, I mean, we're five, six weeks into this thing and you don't even, you don't even know where the time went. Yeah, and it's been crazy. It's been a ride. We've had some some really good feedback and some edit notes from some people, which is always good. And some people that are in the broadcasting business have reached out, and and it's been a been a lot of fun. So yeah, I just want to throw this out there real quick. I know this is not the time for the seventh round draft, but <laughs> I just want to let everybody know that we are legit when we speak about our. Oh beer. yeah. Now I, I mine's in a bottle today, so I can't you don't get that nice crisp pop. But but I've got mine mine as well, and we'll talk about what those brews are towards the end of the episode. But Kyle, I want to kick off this episode. It was uh man, it was just awesome seeing you last week. You know the the sidelines podcast got to hang out for the first time in a long time with you in town. And the three of us got to hang out the Wednesday night before your Thursday night game here in Cincinnati, and. It was just awesome to see you, man, and fun to hang out with you. Yeah, and, and you know, game aside from the, the outcome of the game, which obviously on my end was not what I wanted, but being able to hang out with you and Tristan and, and all the other friends that showed up and just the, the fact that people, you know, anytime people come out to see you when you're in town, I think that that means a lot to me. And the fact that I was back in Cincinnati where my family spent nine years and both of our kids were born in Cincinnati, you know, it, it's cool to come back. And it was my first time that, that actually closed the circle for me. I, I've now coached against all 32 teams. That's right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that I last week. Yeah. All 32 teams, apparently, obviously, but I, one day I will, you know, but it's, it was pretty cool to come back and see things from the other side. Uh, it's first, it was actually the first time I was there for nine seasons. I never went in the visitor's locker room. So cool to see it from a, a different perspective. And, hear the fans when I'm not, you know, on the team. And that was actually the first time I've been in that stadium since I was let go from there. So it was, you know, it, it was a pretty cool homecoming and just wish we would have pulled it off and won the game, but you know, it is what it is. We just got to, you know, pick it up and move on. Well, you know, all three of us, obviously you in the coaching booth, but all three of us were in attendance for that game and we're not going to get into the game or opinions or X's and O's or anything like that. It's not what this podcast is about, but hell of a game man i mean just what an entertaining game if you weren't a fan or or work for either team i mean you ha- you had to appreciate you know how how intense that game was and just the excitement so but what i wanted to get into right now is i know you had a an eventful past few days <laughs> once that that final whistle blew for that game thursday night you had uh you had quite the few days tell us about your life the last five or six days yeah so what you know i think most people know the the team flies back after the game and uh the game ended i mean close to midnight anyway so by the time we got back to jacksonville it was i believe 3 30 3 45 in the morning and i got to the stadium where my truck was parked roughly around four in the morning eastern time i'd already told kayla i'm i'm gonna start driving when I land and when I get back to Baton Rouge and, and see her and the boys and, and everything. So I did that. I slept. As so much hold on. So this is, this is right after you just got done coaching an NFL yeah. football game. Yes, correct. So when, <laughs> when you, when you left this game and went home and you went to bed and we flew overnight and before you woke up, I was actually probably almost out of Florida by the time you woke up Friday morning 
you know, I got back to Baton Rouge at about 1140 central time. It's an eight and a half hour drive. You know, my, my math, I hope holds up there with what I'm saying. My, my memory is, is a little vague here, but I just know I got there around 1140, 1145. And well, you're, you haven't got a lot of sleep lately, so no one would fault you for having shoddy yeah, math I, right now. I mean, Tony can see me right now, but you know, it, it's my eyes are a little red. Um, you know, it is what it is. But so anyway, so I spent the weekend and then we were back Sunday at noon to, to be back in the office and start getting ready for our next game. And so I got up at 2.15 a.m. Central Time on Sunday morning and drove back to get back to Jacksonville by noon on Sunday, which I actually timed that out pretty good because I walked into my office at 11.58 a.m., which worked out well. Did our thing, came home, watched Brady go back up and beat the Patriots. I always leave my phone on. For those that don't know, my wife, Kayla, is eight and a half months pregnant. So I'm in Jacksonville. She's in Baton Rouge. And my phone is on, Not it's not on vibrate. It's on loud all night just in case she calls in the middle of the night. Well, sure enough, about 1 a.m., I got a call. I'm having contractions. Well, as the good husband I am, I got up, grabbed my stuff, and I started driving. So I got to Baton Rouge at about 9.30 a.m., you know, or 9, 9, 9.30 a.m., somewhere in that range. And uh, when I got there, we ended up going to the doctor and everything. Everything's fine, but apparently it was false labor. So I ended up staying the night at my house. I stole a day with my boys, which was kind of nice, but I did my job. I, I was in all meetings through Zoom. All that stuff. So I didn't miss any meetings. I didn't miss it. I missed, I missed a walkthrough, but you know, so be it. But anyway, I ended up driving back on Tuesday, another eight hours, but that was after I did a presentation to the offensive staff on Tuesday morning from my house in Baton Rouge. And then I got in my truck and drove back to Jacksonville, got back to Jacksonville at about 6 15 PM, went in my office, finished out the day and I've had a normal, I call it a normal I've been here and having a normal Wednesday and normal Thursday and kind of get, you know, getting ready for the next game. And I got to say, uh, the life as a truck driver is, uh, you know, it's a little exhausting. So that that's been my week so far. And, and so, I mean, a pretty, pretty average, normal, average, week, normal right? week. I've, yeah. yeah. You know, I've only put about 2,500 miles on my truck this week. No big deal. Yeah. That's been my week so far, but you know, and, was it worth it? Yes. I mean, I, I would have, you know, easily have done this at any other time too. So, I mean, you know, what your family comes first and I didn't know if, I didn't know that she wasn't in labor because the last two kids, when she started having contractions, it was eight hours later, that kid was out and I'm eight and a half hours away. So I was booking it. Trust me. Yeah. Well, you certainly can't say that your life is dull especially right now. No. And I mean, after going, you know, like I said, going back to little homecoming in Cincinnati and all that. And I mean, it hadn't even, you know, we're, we're, as of recording time right now, it hasn't even, you know, it hadn't even been a week since that game ended. So a lot's happened. Yes, it has. Well, you know, that's kind of the cool thing about this podcast here is outside of your close friends, you know, not many people would have known that story and known known what you've been going through in the last week. But yeah. we get to tell that story here for, for everybody who listens to the Sidelines podcast. And that's what we're really about. That's our vision. That's our mission statement. And uh, so that kind of leads us into, you know, what we want to get into here in our, our midseason episode. And we've really, I think, I'm pretty proud of what we've done here in the first half of season one. We've really stuck to our goals and what we wanted to do and our vision in this in this podcast. And, you know, I, I went back as I was preparing for this episode and, and looked at some of our brainstorming notes. We met when you were still living in Cincinnati for that short yep. time, the three of us got into a, a room and, um, whiteboards everywhere and just started planning, brainstorming ideas. And this was, this was back in, in March of this year. And it's crazy that we're here right now, but I was just looking at some of the things that we were, we put down on the whiteboard and I was like, man, we really, we really kind of stuck to what we stuck to our guns, what we wanted to do with this thing. And, you know, like 
couple things we wanted to, we put, we wanted to shed the light on the life of a coach. Uh, we've certainly done that tonight already. Done that. Um, from our guest perspective, you know, we wanted to always tell them this is about you, your life, your family, not necessarily your performance and your job on the field, or if you're, you know, in broadcasting, whatever you're doing there, not necessarily about that. Certainly we're going to touch on it, but this is more about you and, and your life and what, and what you're going through. And so I felt like, you know, in the first five guest interviews that we've done, uh, I've learned a lot about our guests. Some, some I already, you know, knew of very well, some I didn't. And it was really cool hearing, hearing some of that. And then the other thing is just what we, what we do or who we are when we leave the field or the office. And, and so I hope that we've, you know, stuck to that mission and we've gotten to shed the light to the outside world about what coaches or, or people in athletics do on a daily basis and what they go through. Yeah, I think we have. And, and, you know, for our listeners to understand this meeting we had at, at this, uh, off-site location with all the whiteboards. Uh, Tony, Tony did a heck of a job of, you know, catering in food and bringing in some drinks. And it, it was like a beautiful mind up on that board when we were done. It was, I mean, it really was. It, it, there were, there were just random things up there that made sense to nobody except for us. And that's all that mattered. So, that's right. you know, when it's all said and done, I, I'm excited. The fact that we've actually stuck to this you know, mold that we wanted to put this show into. And, and it's, I think I really believe over time, you know, this show will show a lot of people that there's things to coaches and things to people in sports that don't necessarily get seen like, like the stuff I just talked about, but the personal side of things where there's a lot of more motivation built through exterior motivations, not just winning that makes people want to be great coaches. And, and I, I believe that's been shown through just the episodes we've had so far. Yeah, absolutely. And just and even outside of coaching, you know, some of the guests we've had, we had Aditi and, and Kelly and, and mm-hmm. Rocky who weren't necessarily coaches, but worked in the athletic field and, and sports and, and just getting into some of the stuff behind the scenes with them and, and what they've gone through and, and how they've been able to achieve some of the things that they've been able to achieve. And it's, been really cool to look at. And we're going to kind of touch on some of the things we've want to recap as we get back into those interviews. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, it, we have to throw a little love towards our producer, Tristan Lana and all the work he does behind the scenes. And we, we wouldn't be where we are without him. I can tell you that much. Cause I, there's no way I would have had number one, the time to get done what he, what he does for us. And you know, the fact that for those who know, there's a lot of Tristan, you need to cut that. And it's amazing how, how much he does for us. So I just, you know, want to throw that out towards him and, and he'll be on the show with us uh, soon and, and he'll get to talk a little bit too. Yeah, I'll ditto that. So, like I said, really proud of what we've done so far and, and uh, we want to stay on mission and, and our listeners can hold us accountable to that. Absolutely. If we start to stray from, from what you've come to know and love about the sidelines podcast, please let us know. And uh, you can do that on Facebook at the Sidelines Podcast with Tony Schultz and Kyle Kasky. You can also do that on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at the Sidelines Pod. So we've read every single comment, maybe not have responded to everything, but we've certainly read it. And we're actually going to get into some of those tonight. So I'm excited about that. We're going to take a quick break. And after we come back, we're going to have our producer, Tristan Lana, on with us. And we're going to go through some of the sound bites we've had from the last few episodes and get into some of these uh, social media posts that you guys have been throwing our way. All right. And we are back from break here on the Sidelines Podcast, back with the mid-season episode. And uh, we're going to get into some clips and just some recaps here. Take a look back at some of the some of the highlights of our first five episodes. You know, I think one of the I mean, it's it's pretty high up there in the in the highlight reel from the sidelines podcast. And that is our own Kyle Kasky and just the performances he has given in our first five weeks of the sidelines podcast just. I mean, just from singing to performing to impressions. I mean, he's the whole package, ladies and gentlemen. And so here's our here's our montage put together for you. 
Hey mama, I'm in fear for my life on the long arm of the law. And I mean, oh, Kyle, I'm oh telling my you, goodness. That, that, you know what's you know what's crazy is that's that actually was, really that's actually that really it's actually a really good song. But so when the Aggie Warhem plays, part of the Aggie Warhem is "Saw Varsity's Horns Off," and everybody like puts their arms around each other and you know locks in and everybody sways side to side you know there's a part in the uh star spangled banner that you know says you know gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that and so when they say the oh the entire crowd just goes oh i mean if you didn't know it was coming it will shock the hell out of you all right Maybe I should try this because it has Duval on it. And when I told Ed Ogeron that I was going to have this opportunity, I thought I was really expecting to get, all right, but you know, you, you shouldn't leave me. I, I can't believe this. And I was like, and he was like really cool about it. He was like, hey, man, so it's way cool here, man. You know, yeah, that's a really bad impression of him. I get it. But point being <laughs> is it, <laughs> The Duval chant. I mean, for those who probably don't even know what Duval is, you know, people are like, and these people making up random words. It's actually the county we're in, you know, so it'd be like the Bengals yelling, Hamilton, you know. Can you, uh, just maybe for listeners that aren't familiar with what the chicken dance is, can you give us a rendition? Oh, shoot. Get me started on it. I can, I can, I can, then I'll start singing it. Hold on, give me a start. Yeah, and then I, if I, for the can't see it, I was actually flapping my wings while I was doing that before I clapped. So, so there we go. Either we, either we just picked up a bunch of listeners, or we just lost a bunch. I don't know. We're kind of riding that fine line right now. If we lost them, we don't want them back. All right. If you can't handle that, we don't want you back. Yes. Oh my goodness, Kyle. Just hearing those back to back to back to back. I mean, are we are we talking like Academy Award? Are we in that area right now? What are we what are we thinking? I mean, I haven't even broken out the guitar yet. That's what's crazy <laughs> oh. about this whole thing is Well, you know we got a whole another half season left, so we do and, and you wait. And the fortunate thing for for you and Tristan and all of our listeners is I have brought some guitars back with me from my last trip to Baton Rouge. So let's go. I have some here now. Are they tuned right now? No, because obviously I have other things that I'm working on, but my singing abilities are not the greatest in the world, but I'm glad to entertain. You certainly have done that. And if I can have a, a one more request out of you, to kind of close out the first half of season one of the sidelines podcast. So when we had Kim Dameron on, he did a little bit of a, of a war cry call, Arkansas Razorback woo pig suey. I'd yeah. love to hear your version of that. If you would humor us. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, let's do this. This would be the easiest thing for us to do. Let's hear coach Dameron's woo pig suey. And then I'm going to one up coach Dameron's woo pig suey. Ooh. All right, challenge. So here we go. Let's here we go. Let's listen to Coach Dameron. You played football at the University of Arkansas. First of all, is there any chance I can get a woo pig suey out of you? Pig suey. Yeah, amazing. That's awesome. Oh. Hold on. Razorbacks. All right. So, Coach Dameron did it three times. Now, Coach Dameron also played for Arkansas. Now, my Aggies got their butts handed to them about two or three weeks ago by the Arkansas Razorbacks. So, I'm only going to do one. But here we go. Coach Dameron, this is for you, buddy. Big suey. Razorbacks. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. I I mean, I'm 
like hashtag blessed right now. I feel blessed to have witnessed both you and Coach Dameron give a woo pig suey. I mean, that's like bucket list material right there. My neighbors have no clue what's going on here, by the way. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, good stuff there. Well, Kyle, you've you've certainly entertained not only me, but I think the throngs of listeners to the sidelines podcast. And I thank you for it, man. Hey, you know, whatever I can do to uh, create buzz around the sidelines podcast, I'm all for it. All right. So, so moving on a little bit here. So Kyle, some of the common themes we noticed as we looked back at some of our episodes and, and gave another listen to some things we wanted to get more into and, and review a little bit here that we noticed. So the first one is, we both noticed, and this was really most all of our, our guests, is the ability to be adaptable. And you know it as well as anyone in the coaching game and really anything in sports, you've got to be adaptable. It's, you've got to be able to you know, fly by the seat of your pants and, and uh, change on a dime. No doubt. And I think with just everything, especially once you have a family, and the responsibilities that come with that and the coaching responsibilities, the time that's put into being a coach, uh, you have to be adaptable with your time and you have to be adaptable with your family and you have to be adaptable with your players. And, you know, it's pretty cool to hear from everybody else about how they're handling that as well. Yeah, so we've got a few clips pulled up here, a couple from Rocky Boyman, a couple more from Aditi Kinkubala, and uh, one from Coach Billy O'Connor. So, Tristan, let's hear it. I think every experience I had in football, and let's especially take the NFL, playing for there for eight years, you know, and you know the league, Kyle. It's it's the highs are high and the lows are low as hell. You know what I mean? And and they they the swings are so frequent. Uh, you know, you have good years, you have bad years. You know, and in eight years, I, I won a Super Bowl, and that's fantastic. But I also got cut four times. You know, and under some pretty tough circumstances. So I and that, and then also. Dealing with injuries, that, that's a hard thing to deal with, you know. And you ask any player, they will say that that's the one part they don't miss about playing is just the day-to-day dealing with injuries. And I overall in eight years had a, a very healthy career. My, my third year was tough. That was the year I could have really, you know, really made some money. But I, that was like my year I had an injury. I missed nine games. So between that and, you know, getting cut in, uh, four times, I, I really don't think there's anything professionally – that could happen to me where I would just feel totally dejected. I, I feel like I could bounce back from literally anything. Now, look, something happens to my family or my kids. That, that's a different story. But I mean, something, if ESPN and WLW called me today and said, you're fired, we don't want you here anymore, I think I'd be like, well, okay, what do we got next? Let, let's go. I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would be defeated at all. And I think I learned that through the hard lessons of not just the NFL, but football in general. There are things in life you can't control. You can do everything right, and sometimes you know things just don't work out. And what do you do? Do you complain about it? Do you throw in the towel? Do you cry? Do you you know complain and try to be a victim? No, you just say, "Look, it is what it is. We got to move forward." You know, that's life. Don't listen to half the men that were telling you what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was terrible. If you were going to go and look at my old footage, my first year in TV, I just. I had no training, you know, like I hadn't done this in school. I hadn't done this in a small market. I'd done it nowhere. I didn't understand that you don't need to yell into the microphone when you're standing in the Superdome, that the microphone is so strong that it'll pick you up. I didn't know that you weren't supposed to write a script, that you're supposed to just talk like we're talking right now and that that's much more natural. I didn't know that you can't try to copy anybody else. You have to just be yourself and be authentic. There's a lot about the performance piece. No, I don't have any doubts or questions about talking to people, getting information, figuring out what it is you need to share in that information. But when it came to standing in front of a camera, and I definitely didn't know how to put on fake eyelashes my first year. (laughs) That is something that, you know, I'm sure my parents are happy they paid for an Ivy League degree because now I do know how to put on fake eyelashes. 
interesting. Now, I know last year was different, but in a normal year, how do you balance that work and travel schedule with your kids and, and your husband? And- I don't. How many times did we reschedule today's podcast? <laughs> well, that was because of a couch. That had nothing to yeah. do with. <laughs> no, but it had everything. Like first it was that the babysitter was supposed to be here and then the babysitter wasn't here. And then I had to run and go get my son. And then my daughter was sleeping. So, you know, I had to get my son at the bus stop from camp. And, you know, my daughter usually sleeps until 1230 and I need to get my son at 1145. So ordinarily I wake up my daughter at 1130 and, you know, you open the door and Kaya like springs awake. And today, for whatever reason, she was sound asleep. So I had to call a neighbor and say, hey, can you just stand in my house for 10 minutes while I go get my son? Only by the time I got to the bus stop, Nico was already off the bus walking up the street. So then we had to race back up the street. And then I was getting ready to do the podcast with you. But my couch delivery was delayed. And they were showing up at the exact same time that we were going to start. And meanwhile, I've missed two meetings while we've been sitting here talking. The part that I love amongst other things about our job is how formulative these years are. You know, it's these kids are coming from high school where they're at home under mom and dad's roof, got tons of rules, you know, and then they break out a little bit, but they're not in the real world yet. Right. They're in that middle ground of there's some freedoms. There's some freedoms that they've never had before, but also there's some guardrails there, you know, and our job is, is really to be those guardrails, you know, and. People make mistakes in college a lot. You know, I think I know I did. I'm sure you guys probably did. But we're there to help make sure that they keep pushing forward and grow as people. You know, one of the things that Coach Guggen's always said was you're going to grow as a man when you come to Xavier. You know, and that's something that we really try to to espouse. It's not just like, hey, we're going to make you the best baseball player ever. Hey, we're going to get you a good degree. It's more than that. It's it's about, hey, we're going to grow you up and you're going to walk out into the real world and four years and, and hopefully you're going to be ready to go, you know, not just with baseball and not just with school, but you've grown as a person to be the person that you want to be. Um, so again, that that's a huge, huge part of what we do. It, the more I coach, the more I realize like coaching baseball is like this much, like mm-hmm. 5% of what our job title actually is or what our job responsibilities actually are. Um, and I love that, you know, that that's a fun thing to, to be able to invest and build relationships and help kids get to get to where they want to get to. You know, it's amazing what, all the different people that we've had on our podcast and the backgrounds that they come from, they, they all have the same issues that we all have. You know, it's, it's family, it's, it's work, it's getting fired. It's getting cut in certain, in certain guys like with Rocky, he got cut four times and, you know, with, with Aditi, I mean, I've known her for a long time and now she's got a family, but she's got to travel on the weekends to go do, you know, on location reports and things. And it's just a lot of things that go on and, you're dealing with some things that people never see. And especially when you're losing your job as Rocky did four times and, and Rocky was a good player, you know, and like as, as a coach, I, I've lost a job twice and it's hard and it's hard to, sometimes you, you, you have to adapt because you, you, you don't, it wasn't necessarily maybe your fault or you didn't think it was your fault. Maybe it was your fault, you know, but you just kind of move on. I love the thing that he said, about there's just things that you can't control. And certainly you've dealt with that and and kind of merging that with what Aditi was talking about and just you gotta just be yourself. You can't try to be someone else. You can't try to be someone who, you know, whatever someone else thinks you should be. Just be yourself. Control what you can control. I mean, I don't know how many times I say that to my players or even my my own mm-hmm. kids. Control what you can control. And whatever happens, you know, don't get too high with the high. Like Rocky said, don't get too low with the lows and uh, control what you can control. And I think that's a that's just a running theme in, in almost every interview we've done is, you know, being adaptable, control what you control. And, and, and I think people should look at this and say, what what are the people that we have on our podcast? They're all they've, they're all successful. And that is a sign of being a successful person is being able to adapt to what you're given. No doubt. No doubt. Another common thing we noticed is to be successful, like you talk about, you can't be the only one in your in your corner. You got to have some kind of support system, some kind of influence, and that's something we noticed right off the bat with with every single guest that we had. So here are some of the ways that our guests show that they have some influence in their lives. Yeah, draft day two thousand two, one of the probably my greatest um, professional moments uh, in terms of football in my entire life. Um, you know, probably second to one in the Super Bowl. But, um, 
Yeah, just uh, you know, we had this. We were staying in this little house in in Ross, Ohio, and I came home for the draft. And back then, the draft was on Saturday and Sunday. First three rounds were on Saturday, and rounds uh, four through seven were on Sunday. And I remember my mom kept a like a like a yellow like legal pad, you know, with all the, every single name that got called. And, and you know how it is, Kyle. Like you see a linebacker go before you, and like oh, I'm I'm better than that guy, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, my agent had told me. You know, anywhere between like probably like late third to like you know six uh, is where it would be likely in the like fourth or fifth, and and that's where I went fourth round. And I'll never forget. Um, you know, you kind of start getting a little antsy because you start seeing some of the teams that liked you, and okay, they they either went with someone else or got a linebacker already, and and you start to get a little antsy, and then just out of nowhere the phone rang. And I and I remember it was a six one five area code, which of course I now I know is is a Nashville area code, and um and I I think it was Floyd Reese, the general manager. I'm not sure because I was just so like overwhelmed, but it was this voice that hey uh, Rocky, yeah this is, this is Rocky. Like, All right, well we're gonna go ahead and draft you right here. And I, so I'm on the phone, like 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 yes sir yes sir. Hearing all this information, I'm pointing at the TV because my mom and dad are standing there. And then it's just then, um, you know, they announced my name, you know, came across on, on the ticker there. And, and my dad, who's he's a man's man. I, I've seen him probably cry five times in my life. I mean, he's, he's an old school dude. Fell on the ground in a, in a pool of tears, man. And my mom on the ground, you know, you know crying and stuff just because they were so excited. And I mean, that, that was a moment I'll, I'll never forget. Like I said, I was raised by a coach and a teacher, and both of them were that way. And so, you know, I saw them every day at school, and I saw them every day, you know, throughout my, you know, high school career. Uh, my dad coached really everything, uh, mostly basketball and track, but, you know, he, he was always around. He was the athletic director at Bentonville High School when I was in high school. And so uh, I think it's so important, though, that you keep that family unit uh, family atmosphere, and then try to bring the kids in to your family uh, and make sure they feel like that, um, you know, they're welcome uh, in your home at any time. You know, I always tell kids, you know, about, hey, here's my cell number, you know, if whatever, you know, just uh, if you have a, if you have an issue, you call me first. My dad, I would say, has been a huge influence on my life, and like most people, I would say, I'm not going outside the box too much there with that answer. But he's a great person. He's very giving. He's, you know, he's done. He's goes above and beyond for people. You know, people that he doesn't even know. So he's he's a great person. He got me started in sports. Got me started in baseball. Supported me as I started this this career. Um, you know, so certainly, you know, he he's number one. And then another one I would say is Scott Guggins. He was the guy I played for at Xavier. He's a guy I learned to coach under. Um, and he's just a, an awesome person, you know, and I tell people all the time, if, if you think that I have any redeemable qualities, it's probably because I picked it up from coach Guggins, but he was a great role model for me on how to treat people, you know, and how, how to lead people, how to change their lives. So, uh, he's made a big impact on me. I will have to say a lot of where I ended up in life was influenced or inspired by my father. He actually passed away the month before I took the bar exam um, mm -hmm. of lung cancer. But growing up, he was, you know, he, he taught me football. He, I mean, basically instilled in me my love for sports, as well as my respect for the law. He was a, a really, really smart attorney. And I learned so much by watching him when I was young. So I think, you know, without realizing it, he was one of the biggest influences in my life. And still, you know, I still try to make him proud, even though he's been gone 20 something years. So yeah, that would be probably the most inspirational. And then now, as far as encouraging my husband, he's he truly I, I talk about it in my book a little bit. And he thought, Oh, people are going to take that the wrong way. And I said, No, it's it's true. He is my toughest critic. And he's also my biggest cheerleader. Um, mm. He's the one that holds me he wants to see me be the best version of me. And, and I appreciate that. That's he, he loves me enough to, to call me out when I, when I need to be called out, but is also there to, to love me and to make me feel, you know, really valued. And it's, it's a really great, I'm really, really thankful for that relationship. What has Debbie done throughout your career uh, to help make it easier in this crazy profession that we're all involved in? Um, it, it, there's one word that comes to mind, uh, everything, because uh, I, I coach football. I get up in the morning, I put my clothes on, I go to work, I coach football, and, uh, you know, she does everything else. 
And so, you know, on top of not the fact that she also, you know, has worked most of her career at the institutions where we've where we've been coaching. Uh, she's been working in student affairs or uh, financial aid. She was working in financial aid when I met her at Murray State. So she's always worked, in, but she's always done everything else. So when it's time to move, she moves. When it's time to sell a house, she sells the house. When it's time to when it's time to buy a house, she buys a house. When it's time to decorate it, you know, she goes crazy on that. So uh, yep. she really has, yeah, uh, she really has done, you know, she, she just does everything else. And so she allowed, she has allowed me to have the career that, uh, that I've been able to have uh, in the fact, and plus, the, and, I, and, and I'll say this, this is the, the, the number one thing is that she's been a fantastic mother to our daughter. She's been a great mother to her and she's a great grandmother to those two grandkids and can't say enough things that uh, have allowed me to be able to uh, have a, a wonderful life coaching the sport that I love. And uh, she has also uh, been a big part of every team. She gets to know the kids. And I think that's a that's a big thing, too, is that she wants to be involved not only in in, in the household and all that stuff, but also, you know, with the team. So yeah, Kyle, we've we've touched on several times throughout this season so far, you know, that we've had some support systems in our lives and some influences in our life. You know, myself with my grandpa growing up and and you with your dad, and then not to mention our wives and what they do for us. And you know, without them, we wouldn't be where we are today and you know, we couldn't really survive. Yeah, and you know, I've hit I've hit on a few times about my relationship with my father and he was a coach and, you know, then going to my wife now and, and I wouldn't be where I'm, I'm at. And Tony, you, you witnessed it back in the day when I was coaching Indiana state, I was not the breadwinner and to have her support our family and spoil really at that point to support me. I mean, keep me around, but you know, and then now for me to be able to try to pay it back, you know, that investment she made, you know, that, that, that means a lot to me. And I think family's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, family is is important. We've we've touched on that, and it's important to make sure you live in the moment with your family. You've got kids. I've got kids. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy just just watching your kids grow up. How how big they are, and obviously, you know, can't believe that how big my kids are. And you know, Luke already getting into tackle football and and baseball, and and uh, it feels like he's growing up so fast. And and one thing we again we noticed with with every single episode that we went back and listened to is, you know, everybody just the advice everyone gave is enjoy the moment. We asked that question and then the advanced scout, you know, what would you go back and tell yourself? And almost everyone had in some form or fashion said, you know, I wish I would have had more fun early on. I wish I would have lived in the moment early on. And that's certainly something that we try to take into our professions, into our family and uh, certainly our guests, uh, have definitely hit on. Yeah. And I think we have to have fun. And it's like, that's why, honestly, that's why I do this podcast. Cause I mean, I, you know, like we, we got to see each other last week for the first time in a while, but it's, it's cool. Cause every, every Thursday night right now, and then, you know, we, we get together and, and we, we have, we have fun talking, we have fun going through what's going on in the world. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people who'd say, you know what, I just want to go to bed, but you know what, I want to have fun. Absolutely. And our guests certainly do too. Just go play. I mean, I've heard that from him, that just go play line probably a thousand times in my life, you know, and as a player to me that that's what you want. You want to do all your work and practice, prepare, prepare, prepare. But when it's game time, just go play. You know, you're not going to have somebody breathing down your neck. You're not going to have somebody screaming at you if you make an error, just the freedom to go out there and play. So, you know, I think as a coach now you look back and, and you either coach how you were coached or you coach the opposite of how you were coached, you mm. know, and I, I had great people to learn from, you know, and I think, I think I do things that I can put my finger on specifically that I took from coach Thompson or took from coach Smith or took from coach Googans, and, you know, so to learn from those guys and play for those guys was a really great opportunity. And I think kind of helped form who I am today. All right. If you could go back to your first year as a coach, what advice would you give yourself? Probably to, uh, not take everything quite so just dead serious 
as far as uh, each day and and just learn to enjoy it a little bit more. Maybe I, I, I even though I had a great time. It was ridiculous. I was so hard on myself. Um, and at 10, I was trying to, I was telling myself, why aren't you the best in the world already? Like, why aren't you? And I was coming in like 70th at national, you know, at state championships and wasn't even close to, to like sniffing a national title. And so I would just go back to my 10 year old self and say, you know what, you're going to be fine. Just do the work, believe in yourself and don't be so afraid all the time. Have, have more fun. You know, I'd probably tell myself to maybe, you know, enjoy the moment a little bit more. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you're always in Kyle, you know, this as a coach. It's always, you know, the, the next game and the next job and the next city and the next this. And sometimes you, you forget to enjoy some of the, the moments about, you know, being in high school and hanging out with your buddies and all that sort of thing. I, you know, I was a pretty driven kid and I wanted to go to Notre Dame and play football and be a captain and play in the NFL. And so you're constantly thinking of that. And I don't think I missed out on, I mean, look, there's things I sacrificed and gave up um, to, to accomplish that goal, and I don't regret that one bit. But maybe some some uh, degree, there's some things I maybe would have uh, you know tried to enjoy a little bit more. Mm. Just so good. Some of that stuff's just so good to hear perspectives from so many different walks of life, but really just kind of the same theme. And and I think as I get older, for sure, and get you know deeper into my coaching career. You know, I, I've, I've learned to stop and smell the roses a little bit more and enjoy the moment, enjoy watching what's going on, enjoy my kids and what they're what they're doing and, and the things they're experiencing. And and so that's just to me, that's just great advice. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I've always been, you know, I've always subscribed to the, the lifestyle where, you know, you, you get your work done, you go home and, and you try to you try to experience your family, too. And, you know, we were put on this earth to to live. We were put on this earth to be, to be fathers, to be brothers, to be sons. You know, we, we were, we weren't put on this earth to, to work, you know, I, as now I believe in capitalism, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, we were all meant to be, you know, human beings and, and enjoy our families, enjoy our friends. And that's where I, I just can't be consumed in this whole thing where, okay, you know, I work for this company and, that's all I do. Now, am I loyal to the company I work for? Yes, I, I am very, very loyal and I will get my work done, but I'm more loyal to my family. I'm, I'm just as loyal to my friends. Yeah, absolutely. We well, you know, Kyle, one thing I, I really actually have not enjoyed very much so far in the first half of this season is, you know, it's been it's been subtle. It's not been explicit. It's not been in your face. But there's a little hint of some baseball bashing going on with some of our guests. And, you know, as a, as a baseball guy and a baseball coach, you know, I'm, I've, I've taken a little bit of offense to it. I've, I've tried to be a good sport about it, but it's, it's certainly been there. Well, I'm sorry about your insecurities coming to the surface here, but we, we you know, we'll, we'll for sure, you know, try to be better and, and not, not bring it down as much as we've been doing. And I, I really wanted to, to like baseball, but, Practices were just too boring. <laughs> wow, Tony. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> you, hey, you, if I'd have had you, hey, if I'd have had you as a coach, I would be, a, I would have been uh, maybe a major league baseball player. There you go. Good save, coach. That was, that was yeah. good. <laughs> Kyle obviously knows this. Football is hard, you know. Baseball practice is fun. Hey, let's go shag some fly balls. Let's take some batting practice. Basketball practice is fun. Let's shoot some hoops. It's wonderful. Football, you know, it's hot. You're getting physically hit. You're getting knocked down. So, Tony, based on that, do you feel that baseball players are not tough with everything that was just said? <laughs> Since you're the state champion baseball coach right here, are baseball players not tough? Uh, here's how I'll answer that. I would say – I would say football players may be a little tougher. All right, so some of that was admittedly a little bit self-inflicted there with that last clip, but mm -hmm. it's there. You know, there's a something was said in there. It's like baseball practice is fun. I love baseball. Don't get me wrong. I'm not baseball bashing. I actually watched almost every inning the last well, a couple nights ago, whenever it was of the Yankees and Red Sox. And I'll be honest with you, I don't have a dog in the fight. I might not even have a horse in the fight on that one either, but 
point being is I watched the whole baseball game because I knew what it was about. And I, I get that but Red Sox Yankees is a big deal, you know? Oh, yeah. And that, that's, uh, you know, I, I agree, but baseball practice is fun though. It is. I mean, I, I, I guess it could be boring with some coaches, but you know, Football practice is fun too, especially when you're a coach and you go out there and you try to actually play and, and, and get involved with them and then you just get blown up and, you know. But that may or may not have happened to to a podcast host on this podcast today. Yeah, I mean, it, it might have actually happened today, and, and, but that, that's okay. We're not we're not trying to bring up what's happening in, in current events as to that level, so – all right, well, Kyle, that kind of closes out our recap of all the episodes, and I'll try to, you know, toughen my skin up a little bit from the from the baseball side of things. But I know um, you'll get it done. Yeah, we'll 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 get it done. So let's take a quick break, and then on the other side of the break, we'll come back with some listener feedback as well as the seventh round draft. Maybe it's just that my bed has grown Never noticed it before But you were there So how was I to know That this single bed was always meant for two Not just anyone It was meant for me and you Now you're halfway around the world And I'm just a day behind Nothing seems to fill the hole that I have since you left my side. I always be my little girl, though I can't hold you tonight. Now you're halfway around the world, and I'm just a day behind. There you go. That's called Belgium by Bowling for Soup. Kyle Kasky, ladies and gentlemen, the multi-talented Kyle Kasky. That is uh, unbelievable. That is all credit to Jarrett Reddick and the boys at Bowling for Soup, who honestly has been, if you want to recap this season, it's been pretty damn cool for a band of their magnitude to allow us to use their songs. And, and we, we do thank them for that. Yeah. And now we've got a Kyle Kasky cover. Hell yeah. That song's called Belgium, by the way. I believe that's off the. Tell me when to woe album that came out in roughly 1997. So if you're looking for some some old school punk rock music, that was the acoustic version. Does not get much better. Well, Kyle, thank you, thank you for that. You're that welcome. was that was uh, that was a sight to behold. <laughs> I, I wish I wish I wish this was a video podcast that our listeners could see it as well. But I think hearing it is just as good. You know, the one thing about being a amateur guitarist is sometimes you learn to play songs, but you ain't going to never sing to them. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. See, that's a really, really bad version of Say It Ain't So. So I just wanted to prove to y'all that I'm not some crack guitarist over here, that I'm really just an amateur. So, um, my singing abilities go way beyond, especially when I start singing Renegade. Yeah. That was good, man. I mean, I, I'm a fan now of if if this coaching thing doesn't work out for you, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, maybe you take a shot in the. Yeah, we got to be. The, uh, now, now, Tristan, I, I believe you have the ability to do auto tune. Yeah, I can fix you up, Kyle. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to do much, Sweet. but I'll, I'll do what I, I mean, can. You know, you know, Jay Z rapped about the death of auto tune, but I think it's still mm -hmm. out there. I think it's still there. No, it is. Yeah, I think T Pain would have something to say about that, Kyle. Yeah, T Pain can come over here, and I'll give him the pain. <laughs> you watch out! I got an electric guitar here uh, too. Now we haven't even plugged that thing in yet, so just, oh, just wait till I play oh. some Nirvana for you one day. Kyle, I think if you broke out the electric guitar, you'd bring the house down, but. Maybe maybe that's something for our uh, our end of the season episode. 
they have no idea what's going to hit them. And it's going to be one of those things where we might have people hanging off balconies, trying to, trying to get over to whatever concert and parties going on over here and, you know, yeah. apartment on here on the sixth floor. Just hopefully, you know, hopefully that, you know, they bring some beer with them. Let's go. All right, so Kyle, let's get into some uh, listener feedback here. We've we've had some some comments on our social media, and uh, want to definitely get into those right now and and take a look at some of the good questions or good comments that we've had. So let's start out with you know if 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 I'm somebody out there releasing a book, I might consider coming on the sidelines podcast. Just the mere mention of the book and the Giants locker room motivated one of our listeners to go out and buy a copy for every single one of his sales employees. And the reviews of it are, are out of this world. He says that, you know, it's, it's all about, are you going to micromanage your staff or are you going to figure out a way for your staff to keep each other accountable? And he said, micromanaging never works. So that book gets into it. So he, he did that. My wife, after listening to the Kelly Masters interview, before the interview was even over, downloaded her book on Audible. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, I'm telling you, man, if you get a book coming out, the Sideline Podcast is where you got to go. Hey, I mean, maybe we should write a book. I'll tell you what, we've got enough stories to. I'll tell you what, I mean, just the last week of my life could be about three chapters, but, you know. (laughs) it's one of those things, man. I mean, we need to write this stuff down because there's going to be a point when we're going to have to write a, write a book. Absolutely. All right. So some, some comments and questions. So listener, Sean has two questions for us, Kyle. Okay. What's up, Sean? All right. So, you know, we were talking in last week's episode about unwritten rules and even written rules and stupid rules and good rules and whatnot. So he has a question. So, a couple weeks ago in the Ravens-Broncos game, you probably saw this, Kyle. Harbaugh running the play at the end with the lead. He had the lead and only three seconds to go. All he had to do was take a knee. Instead, decides to run a play with Lamar Jackson to get him over 100 yards, which kept their 100-yard rusher streak alive, which is now at 43 at the time of this recording. So we were talking about you know, the unwritten rules. Was this or was this not... Kyle, in your opinion, a Bush League move? It was not. And we've said it before on this on this podcast, is it's their job to stop us. All right? And number one, there's some pretty cool records out there. You know, the Cal Ripken record, you know, in baseball. I mean, are you telling me somebody wouldn't go out of their way to beat that record? And when you're a game away from tying the all-time record for 100-yard rushing games, and I think they were like uh, four or five yards off. Three yards. They were three yards away. Three yards away. And my my thing is this. Yes, should you have had your franchise quarterback doing it? That's the only question you have in there. But to do it, you know what? Who, who cares? I mean, stop them. If you got a problem with it, stop them. Now, if Lamar Jackson would have got hurt on that play, yes, there would have been an issue. But he didn't, and so be it. Yeah, I, I would agree with you 100%. But I will say that was some stuff that I would do in, like, Madden, running a play with three seconds left well, instead of taking a knee. Who was, on, who was on the cover of Madden last year? There you go. Lamar yeah. Jackson. That's you why you point. did it. And yeah. You have a point. All right, and his second question, again – out of the same episode and unwritten rules. So Sean wants to get rid of fighting in hockey. Oh, says, 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 hold on. says that it's unnecessary and should be taken out of the sport. Why? Hockey is boring. Hockey is boring. No, hockey. Oh no. Now we're going to get a a small version of soccer. Okay. And the one reason I go watch hockey is dollar beer night at, at, Whatever the the arena is called now in Cincinnati, where the Heritage Bank are. Arena, Heritage yeah. Bank Arena, I go to Heritage Bank Arena in Cincinnati on Dollar Beer Night because I want to drink Dollar Beer and I want to see some people fight, all right? And I want to see pyramids of beer cans up on the glass and people come bash them down and they go flying into the stands. You know, I don't I don't come there to see that puck fly around and see all this strategy. No, I want to see some fights. Okay. 
I, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. What? Try to put yourselves in the yourself in the shoes of a hockey okay. purist. That, that, do you think? It, do you oh, think fighting? You think they're trying, to, they're trying to hurt somebody? <laughs> it's like rugby right. players, you know. I mean, there's a reason hockey players don't have teeth. All right, do you think that they're purists and they're trying to like go around and say I'm I'm pirouetting over here before I hit the puck? No, they're going to go smash somebody in the wall and then go score a goal and then go smash somebody in the wall just for fun. All and right, celebration. Well, Sean, I think you're in the minority here, man. Sorry about that. Sean, Sean, we we need to have a talk, brother. All right. Listener Jennifer, just just a comment again along the same lines with, you know, unwritten rules and written rules. Feels like the new NFL rules, you know, that's happened in like the last 10 or 15 years with some of the, you know, personal fouls and unnecessary roughness type of stuff has taken the intensity out of the game. What are your thoughts on somebody who works in that league? Uh, you know, I, I would, I could, I can see where they're coming from. I mean, with trying to take away, you know, the lowering of the helmet, which I I get it, you know, the, the player safety stuff is important because your players are your game and you, and you can't lose your players. Um, but there's a lot of times where guys will pull off a hits because they're worried they're going to get fined for it, you know, and it's not the penalty. I mean, I'll be honest with you, players don't care about 15 yard penalties. You know, they do if it's situation calls for it, but they're more worried about that $20,000 fine they're going to get on next Wednesday. So, you know, I, I agree. I, I think that does a little bit. But at the same time, I think I think the game the game still has gone on. It's adapted. And, and I mean, you can't say it's taking the intensity out of it. You know, it's just taking maybe some of the hockeyness out of it. <laughs> Here's my biggest issue with, with this whole – I guess revamping of what an NFL game or really even into the college game looks like is the NFL built their popularity on those big hits, you know, Ronnie Lott, Ray Lewis, oh, yeah. James, James Harrison. I mean, hits that, that, you know, the styles of play that if they were inserted into the league right now, they'd be out of the, they'd be Vontez perfect. They'd be out of the league in five years because that style of play would not fly now. So I guess that's my biggest problem with the NFL is what made them, they're, they're kind of biting the hand that feeds them a little bit. What made them so popular in the first place, now they're kind of pushing that aside and, and don't want to be associated with that. Yeah, well, as, as long as they're uh, you know allowing me to coach, I'm, I'm going to just go along with whatever they would like us to do. I, 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 I cannot fault you for that one. All right, uh, next one, listener Connie. Uh from our college traditions episode, she throws out, and this is, you know, a Cincinnati tie here, University of Cincinnati marching band running down the steps at Nippert Stadium. Wants to throw that out as a, as a possibility. That probably doesn't crack my top three, but... Uh, UC but marching cool band number one. <laughs> number one. Go Cats. All right, and then from the Aditi interview, Connie wants... Um, she wants, and I, I actually, I'm with her on this one. She wants more on the story as to why that Steelers player brought in his own oatmeal. I, I, I can elaborate that on. I can elaborate okay. on that. Would you like me to do it now? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Well, there's a lot of players that they're they have their own chefs. They do, and it's it's a and it's actually encouraged if they want that. The teams will offer the best food they can, and I think the food is very very good that that gets offered to the NFL players. Trust me, I, I eat it just along with them and. I'm as fat as I've ever been. So, you know, it's it, it's very, very nutritious food. But there are some players that they do feel that they know where the purity of the food is coming from. And when your career and your livelihood and the big money that comes in is based on your body and how your body performs, uh, they're, they're going to go where, the, where the, the areas where they trust and they know where it's coming from. So... Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, you know, and and I think that's what it was. I don't think it had anything to do with anything other than the fact that he knew where that oatmeal came from. So, all right, well, there you go. Question answered. And then she also noticed what I noticed. She pointed out that there is a certain baseball bashing theme going on right now. And she points out that, you know, Michael Jordan 
proved that baseball isn't so easy. You know, nobody nobody ever said that baseball was easy, but I promise you, if if Michael Jordan went and tried to do curling, he probably wouldn't be good at that either. Hey, side note, I, I'm I'm a huge curling fan. When when the Winter Olympics come around, I am Team USA curling all the way. I watch every single. I don't know what you, we probably. I probably should know what you call. It. Do you call it a match? Do you call it a game? Whatever it's called, I am, I am here for it. Yeah, and and I I I, I actually kind of like curling. You know what else? I I end up watching cornhole on ESPN, the Ocho or whatever. You know, and it's it, it is what it is. But I, you got to you got to be you got to understand like sports are sports, and not everybody's gonna be good at everything. And you know, I'm I'm great at getting my butt kicked on a scout team by NFL players right now. I'm great at it. I'm a you professional are. getting my butt kicked in practice kind of guy. And, you know, people are going to be like, you're a coach. Yeah, I jump in there, you know, because sometimes you just got to feel the pain to understand what they're going We've through. all got our roles. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right, final, final listener comment here. This is a comment, not a question. Listener Adam, he would like to hear more of us. He you loves me and you just, yeah. just me and you, just me just, and you. Just me. He, he says he loves the guest spots. Don't get him wrong. He loves, he loves our interviews, but he'd like to hear us banter more each episode. So he's going to, he's going to really enjoy this episode because we don't have a guest. You talking uh, about, he, just he, about how much I, I hate baseball apparently. And, and, <laughs> and you know, hockey would I, suck with no fighting. I mean, I, I guess yeah. so. He wants yeah, more. I mean, of I, I'd be all about bantering with you because I think you and I have, have over time bantered pretty well. You know, it, and the thing about it is, is like the, you and I can disagree on something and it doesn't go past whenever we stop talking about it, you know? So sure. It's kind of cool. Well, Adam wants more. I don't know if, if Adam's in the minority or not, but, uh, but we well, certainly, we, can, we certainly enjoy talking. We can totally just, you know, cut it, cut out all the guests. But what fun would that be? We don't want to do that. No, no. But but at the same time, you know what? We we, we can we can make four hour podcast if you guys want to listen to four hours of, of Tony and Kyle, you know, bantering and then, you know, unfortunately, if there's four hours of published Tony and Kyle banter, Tristan would have listened to 12 hours of Kyle and Tony banter. Yeah. Just multiply it. it by three. That's about right. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we can't do that to Tristan. I mean, he, he already is trying to be a night, a good husband now. And I mean, how long you been married? It's been a little over two years, a little over two years. Yeah. You want, we want, to, we want you to make it to three. So right. try, try to try to keep you from having to listen to us all the time. <laughs> I'll tell you what, one thing that we are definitely not cutting out, we will continue to do, is the seventh round draft. And it's time. Okay, Kyle, so I'll lead off here. I All went right. um, I went out of state on this one to a state I've actually never visited, and that is the state of Colorado. Oh. Went with Breckenridge Brewery in Breckenridge, Colorado. This brewery is actually... I've actually been there. I've been there too. Have you? Yeah. There you go. So I'm the one drinking it. And I'm the only one that hasn't been there. How about that? There you go. So Breckenridge, Colorado, um, been around since 1990. So they just celebrated their 30th anniversary, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, skiing town, you know, up in the mountains. So I'm having their vanilla porter tonight. And, you know, we're getting into that time of the year where darker beers are are becoming more prevalent and popular and and I love a, a porter and their hint of vanilla in this one is just absolute perfection. It's very mellow, really smooth going down, uh really something you can enjoy even on a cold day. Really have enjoyed it this episode. Well, you know, I, I will say this. I, I went out of state as well, but it was basically back to where I was at last Thursday and last Wednesday. So 50 West Brewing, which is on the, actually it's on the east side of Cincinnati, which is kind of weird because you'd think 50 West would be on the west side, but it's actually on 50 West Road. But they have a, an American lager and it's more of just a, a, you know, 
I mean, I hate to say it's American lager. It's, it's nothing, doesn't have a whole lot of, uh, of, of hints of, of hoppiness or anything like that, but it's one of those ones that I, I had a bunch of them at my house in Baton Rouge when I went back for what I was telling you guys earlier, where I went back, been back there twice in the last week. It's one of those things where I, I brought some home with me. And, and when I say home, I brought them back to my, my little humble abode of a one bedroom apartment in Jacksonville, Florida, that everybody now will know as a concert venue. Um, and I've been drinking it and it's four and a half percent alcohol, but I would say this, if you get a chance to go to 50 West, they actually have a pretty cool little outdoor area and, uh, mm-hmm. They you do. know, with the volleyball courts and the beach volleyball courts. And they, I mean, it, it really is a cool spot. So if you get a chance, you're in since ever in Cincinnati, get a chance to go over there. Uh, it's, it's a really, really cool spot over, over on the East side of town, but it's, it's, uh, the, the, the beers are good. And this one really, uh, you know, hits the spot. Very good. Well, Kyle, that does it for the sidelines halftime show. And we are halfway through and we've got a jam packed, second half of the season for our listeners i'm excited to continue this with you and uh should be should be a lot of fun no doubt and i mean the the crazy thing is is you know we've got everything set up for season one here and you know i I don't see this thing being a, a a one and done thing here because it's been so much fun doing this and i think we should uh ask the listeners out there is uh you know what would you guys do to hear more banter from Kyle and Tony? You know, <laughs> is and, that, and, is that the majority opinion? And, 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 and here's the thing. One, one of these days when things slow down from the other side of our lives, you know, how many of you are going to come out and meet us out for a seventh round draft live version? You know, that's, that's, Let's that's go. what we're talking about. Let's go. Can't wait for that one. Well, we want to thank Bowling for Soup, who provided all of the music for today's episode, and want to thank Kyle, who covered Bowling for Soup today and provided that entertainment. You um, know, I, I, Jarrett would agree with me. I might have sounded better than him. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. That's for the world to decide at this point. <laughs> also want to thank all five of our guests from the first half of the season. Uh, unbelievable content that they provided. Be on the lookout for episode seven coming out next Monday. We have got a powerhouse of a guest, Kyle. We've got Lance McAllister in the house. So good. So much content that this is actually going to be a two-part interview. Lance McAllister is going to going to float us for two episodes because he's got so much good stuff to talk about. So can't wait for those episodes to come out but look for part one next monday yeah and for those of y'all that may not know who lance McAllister is if you're not in the cincinnati area this guy has the key to cincinnati i mean this guy is you know he's a staple around there not only in broadcasting but just in general around town 100 percent. well until then for producer tristan lana and my co-host Kyle Cassie. I'm Tony Schultz, and we'll keep shedding light on the life outside the sidelines.